0: Welcome to Ascent, a podcast from Impact Youth Ministry in Tacoma, Washington. Each week, we discuss issues relevant to students as they strive to follow Jesus here and now, offering a biblical perspective based on our experience leading teens each week. Let's get started.
1: Welcome back, everyone. So glad that you've tuned in to join us today. We're going to uh, jump back into our regular flow of answering your questions as the main point of the show, Um, but we're still going to keep sprinkling in some of those leader interviews so that you can get to know the rest of the of the impact leaders, too. So uh, today our the question we're going to tackle is going to be, is baptism necessary for salvation? And so, here today to help me answer this question, I have Kayla Mingo. Yo, yo, yo. And Michaela Guzman.
0: Hello, everybody. Thanks for inviting us in for a big question. <laughs> Just some light topics to get us started here.
1: Well, you know, I, I figured we got to jump in with both feet. If we're really going to tackle this, we got to take them as they come.
2: Jump in the water?
1: Yep. With both feet.
0: All
2: in. Get it? Baptism.
0: What are false version!
2: Happy Father's Day in honor of dad jokes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm supposed to have the dad jokes.
2: Yeah, well, you're
1: late. All right. So is baptism necessary for salvation? It's an interesting question. And I mean, I feel like there's a like a really short, like one minute answer. Mm -hmm. Or it's something that could be, you know, maybe somebody could sit down and write books and books and books about it. Oh, yeah, somebody already has. There's so many. I mean, it's it's such a theological topic, really, that there's a lot of depth to that. So we'll try to land somewhere in the middle today. And um, I think maybe the best place to start out would be to talk about what baptism is not. Right. And so baptism is not like the final step of being saved. It's not something that's going to uh, secure your salvation. It's also not like some sort of a ritual. Yeah, it's also not like a, a, the kind of a ceremony that will get your sins forgiven, right? Um, it really, baptism really doesn't have anything to do with that. And I would also say that no talk on what baptism is not, would also include that baptism itself doesn't give you any extra benefit, doesn't cause anything to happen. Mm-hmm. You don't get baptized and come out a super Christian, right? It, you're not a, a superhero when you come out with, uh, blessed with extra grace or God doesn't love you more if you get baptized, it does not create the change in an individual that results in salvation. The change has to happen before.
2: Yeah, it just kind of reminds me a little bit about, I was talking to a friend last week, as we were getting ready to, you know, talk about baptism. We were talking about uh, the question of whether or not that it was necessary for salvation, and he brought up a good point about the thief on the cross when Jesus uh, died and how Jesus invited him into the kingdom and that dude didn't have really much time to get dunked at all. So he, you know, uh, again, just a another another demonstration that it's not really necessary for salvation, but rather it's actually more of a proclamation of your faith in Jesus Christ that you've chosen to live your life for him, following in his footsteps. Um,
1: Because even he was baptized.
2: Exactly. I was just going to say, you know, at the beginning of his ministry, he was baptized. And if we're meant to follow Christ's example, it only seems right that we should also follow in his footsteps. And be baptized baptism is just also a a picture of christ's death and resurrection and what he did for us it's a picture of the effect of salvation i guess i don't know if those were the right words but uh when we're baptized we're submerged in water and it's it symbolizes christ's death you know and then once we're brought back up it symbolizes Christ's resurrection and the idea that we're made new. 2 Corinthians 5:17 says, "Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away; behold, the new has come." And baptism is a great it's a great illustration of Christ's death and resurrection.
0: Well, and it's it's something that is so fueled by faith. And I think when we look at it in the context of the New Testament. And when we see it played out, I mean, it really is just a proclamation that we are submitting ourselves to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And there's so much that goes into baptism that, I mean, we already said it doesn't save you, but it does acknowledge in front of other people, Mm -hmm. your surrender and your willingness that you're going to lay down your own desires and for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of christ you are choosing to follow in his footsteps Mm -hmm. i mean you're like you said like you're following in his path that he charted before us yeah
1: it's interesting that um you would mention how how public how it's a public statement of your submission when i think at church it's easy for us to kind of go be like pull back the curtain in the middle of church and we'll do a baptism there. But at the time when Jesus and the disciples were alive, they were like out in the open. It'd be like going to a a state park or something Mm -hmm. where anybody could be. And usually people would be probably, you know, doing laundry or bathing or something like that, but just people around. And so lots of neighbors would see that, uh, you know, oh, look, that person's getting baptized with other Christians. They're they're following Jesus. They're going a different direction.
0: Yeah. I think baptism also has a very interesting tie if we're just going to look at the Great Commission, where we're told to go into the world and make disciples. Um, and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then immediately following it's teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, your baptism not only symbolizes that you have been justified and that you have been saved, but it also is a declaration that you are going to continue to surrender and continue to obey and follow Jesus. So even though baptism in and of itself is a one-time event— It symbolizes that you're going to continually die to self, which Mm. again, I mean, it's the picture of death, burial and resurrection. So you're continuing to crucify your flesh and what you want and your agenda for the sake of obeying, you know, the the message and the the path set before us from christ
1: mm-hmm. you know and that along that idea of continuing that i know here we try to also use it as a tool for accountability where yeah you know it's an opportunity for the people who are there watching the rest of the congregation here to say oh okay yep we can walk beside you and encourage you and help you grow and maybe if you're you know kind of wandering from the path a little bit we can help
2: like hey, homie, you back come back
1: exactly like that that's Uh, how i'm gonna do it that's
2: how i do it
0: i just hey homie come on let's go (laughs) over here this way i remember when i was baptized because i was very young um i was saved at a very young age and so i was baptized i believe when i was seven or eight um and i just remember that the only thing that i really did grasp about it i didn't understand the theological complexities sure and i really don't think you need to in order to participate in baptism Um, But I remember I, you know, I stood up there with my pastor and Mm -hmm. um, he asked me, because of course you want to make sure that your heart is aligned and that you're biblically based for the reasons why you're doing it, of course. Um, And he asked, why are you doing this? And in my seven-year-old brain, the only thing that really came to mind was that so that everyone would know that I want to follow Jesus. Mm. And so, of course, then as I matured in my faith, I understood the deeper complexities and I understood um maybe more of what the theological implications for and, and how beautiful of a picture baptism is mm-hmm. but i think it's almost just as beautiful to have that childlike faith and you know the the only thing that i knew was that it was a declaration to those around me so it, which is what your accountability comment made me think of mm-hmm. like that's that was the fullness of my grasp i uh, actually really loved that
2: my childish 12 year old self that got baptized Chubby and me just wanted to t- partake in the Lord's Supper,
0: quite honestly. <laughs> if
2: I'm being 100% honest, Those confessions crackers. here. Just the confession. I was like, wow, look at Michaela, seven year old Michaela, really in there for the Lord. Me, I really want some grape juice because in Panama, it's really expensive. And they're giving <laughs> oh, yeah. it out free at church.
1: So you had to pull the wool over your I, dad's eyes.
2: Yeah. My dad, yeah. He was the one that baptized me. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I know it's, um, it's kind of tricky to kind of find that line with a, with a kid. I mean, I've had the privilege of baptizing all four of my kids when they were you That's know off. relatively That's so young. Yeah. It is, but you still kind of have to like, okay, how much of it is they just want the bread and the juice
0: or everybody else is doing it.
1: Right. And, yeah. and then how much, you know, I don't expect, uh, 10-year-old or even a 12-year-old to really grasp, I don't even grasp the whole big theological thing, Yeah. but, you know, there has to be something there and you have to be able to kind of feel out the genuineness of their heart. So there's, so there is that aspect to it that I think even at seven, that was a a very profound Mm -hmm. reason, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, because not just you wanted people to see you get dunked under the water, you wanted them to know that you are going to follow, follow Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think this kind of leads then to the next kind of natural question is, well, if baptism doesn't save you, what does being saved mean, or how do you get saved?
0: I remember having a conversation like this in high school. My youth pastor at the time, we were all there was a bunch of us just sitting around after um, after the Sunday school hour, and he asked what the bare minimum knowledge of God was that you needed for salvation? Mm. And I just remember that that question like stumped me Mm. for weeks, like, and then of course my and you'd
1: already been baptized for right. like ten years. <laughs> like, <dang.
0: laughs> I was already the most church kid you could possibly get. But I mean, I, I got kind of lost in, in knowledge a little bit and lost in the in the weeds of well, if I don't understand the complexities of the Holy Spirit, does that mean I even understand who God is? Does that mean I understand and like and just kind of got down a route where it really like I mean, it it can kind of take you in a weird headspace, I think, when Mm -hmm. you go down that far, which is why I was glad he didn't actually just let us flounder for too long. There, you know, there, (laughs) there was the answer. And it was, you know, in Romans chapter 10, it says that, you know, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I think one of the most beautiful parts of salvation is that, yes, we will spend our entire time on this earth pursuing greater knowledge of how we are saved and the beauty of justification. But at the same time, it is so simple that even a child can grasp it. And at its core, salvation is the process of us being made right before a holy, perfect um, God. And in his perfection, he He sent his son here to this earth and Jesus came willingly to die for us because we were broken and that brokenness of sin separated us from the Lord um, innately there was nothing that we um, could do to earn back a place of righteous standing or restore ourselves to a place where um, we were we were good with the Lord, and it took the um, the voluntary sacrifice of a perfect God in order to, for that to be made possible for us. And through Jesus's death and his burial, where he stayed dead for three days, like that's that's enough time to prove to anyone who's watching or trying to <laughs> trying to say that it's a trick that you know you are oh, dead. He especially was especially after what he went
1: through. Right, mm-hmm. he
0: sacrificed himself in the most brutal way possible. Um, and he was dead. And then in the power of the Lord and in the power um, that he possessed as God, he was raised to life and through his resurrection, um, we are made right before God. When we choose to, again, um, believe that he is Lord and confess that that resurrection power is what saves us. And the entire Christian faith is rooted in the resurrection without it everything that we believe would crumble Mm -hmm. and baptism is such a beautiful symbol because it so directly is the gospel message in picture form in Mm -hmm. action form and so it's a way that we even though like you know with communion we we continually partake in communion because we need continual reminders. Um, so it's a different kind of picture. Baptism is is not something that we're commanded to do in that frequency. But yeah, that question, I remember, I still remember, and I have to think back even now that I heard in high school of what's the bare minimum of salvation, because it's not meant to be a condescending question. I realize it can, might come across that way, but it's more meant to challenge you that like, Especially for those of us who've maybe grown up in the church, we can get lost in things that don't actually matter. And at the end of the day, it's the gospel. Like mm-hmm. the gospel is our message. The gospel is our foundation. The gospel is our reward and it's our hope. It's just, yeah, baptism is just such a cool example of the gospel message.
1: So it is, it's it's interesting to think about that question because it really does, like I'm sure your uh, youth pastor at the time intended, get you to think. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it it just, it makes me like instantly go to the question of how, how then do like faith believing, like believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, like Paul wrote in Romans, how does that fit with works? How do faith and works kind of fit together there? Because there's, like you said, there's nothing you can do to earn that that right standing with uh, the holy and perfect God. You know, I think about when we were going through John and we were in like, uh, I think it's chapter 14 where Jesus, or maybe even 16, where Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. And he's talking about abiding in him. Mm-hmm. And and I'm so I'm kind of figuring like how, or I'm not figuring, but I'm thinking about how that really fits with this whole idea of believing mm-hmm. But works can't save you, but you need to be abiding in him and how I know it's a huge question, so yeah
2: that's a big Any one. Thoughts? it's a big one. Well I, whenever I think about that passage in particular too, I think about the fact that, you know, the consequences of not showing works or like not, not being bearing fruit not bearing fruit. yeah, that Jesus at no point says that it stopped being a vine or part of the The vine, a branch. It didn't stop being a part of it, but it does get cut off and thrown into the fire. And so I think there is a huge importance to being able to show that you are a Christian. You know, it's hard because sometimes for those of us that have grown up in the church, I feel like we tend to fall into this a little bit easier, not making faith our very own, but rather it's our family's faith. It's our, you know, what we grew up knowing. So a lot of the time it's like, you don't really necessarily know always, you know, if it's sincere or not, if it's just something that you're doing because the rest of your family did it, or if it's, you know, actually genuinely your own faith. So I think it's definitely one of those things where you really have to examine your heart and examine why you do the things that you do. But, yeah, I I just always remember being... At seminary and one of my teachers talking about salvation and talking about works, he talked about how, you know, even though you don't bear fruit, like if you have a dead apple tree in the backyard, even though it doesn't bear fruit, it doesn't stop being an apple tree. It's still an apple tree, but there's no use for it. So why have it there? And I just remember always being like super freaked out about that. Like, oh gosh, like I do not want to get thrown out or anything like that. But yeah, I do think though, in order for people to know that I'm an apple tree, I have to bear fruit and to be able to have meaning and purpose, I should be bearing fruit. And I think, you know, our goal is to be able to expand the kingdom. And the only way to do that is by bearing fruit. The only way to be able to lead other people to Christ is by being like him and showing, you know, love and patient and faith and all of these different things self-control those are the things that will show other people that we're different and that our faith is real but i do think for us that have grown up in the church it's a little bit easy to kind of like do fake it, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah fake it so i think in that regard i i always had this fear of like why am i doing what i'm doing is it because i want to impress somebody is it because i just want to make my family happy my parents proud or is this actually because i genuinely believe that jesus christ is my savior that he is my lord that i'm submitting to him daily that i'm walking the path that
0: he walked before me
1: kind of the difference between just doing it and actually living in it or living it
0: yeah well, i think when we're talking about like the relationship between faith and works we have to define our terms because i th- especially for your, those of us who have cr- grown up in the church um which we're really painting is kind of a negative but that's i mean that's a huge blessing to have grown up in oh that my gosh, environment yes. mm-hmm. um so apologies if we're making it sound like oh we have a lot to overcome nope nope um but for those of us who have grown up in the church um i think that sometimes we can confuse our terms and when we're looking at works biblically you see that we are commanded one to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And then you also see that faith without works is dead. And then we're also told that we can't earn salvation. And I think sometimes, even though we know that there are differences between those three, we kind of mix them up a little bit. um, Sometimes, or sometimes I've just noticed when I'm in seasons of feeling distant from the Lord, I've mixed it up. So I'll unpack that. What do I mean by that? Um, We know that we can't earn salvation, but sometimes I think the disciplines that we do because we should be working out our salvation, so the things that we do to align our heart closer with the Lord, the things we do to continually surrender, like reading our Bibles and praying and being in community and serving, those types of things that are working out our salvation, Um, sometimes we think that we do those things to earn a greater standing before the Lord or that we are earning something in that capacity. But um, those things can also be beautiful evidences of our faith. And like you said, Kila, like, unfortunately, it all kind of looks the same and it comes back to the heart motivation of it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's really hard to have this conversation because you're not trying to condemn other people, it really has to be entirely introspective, where of course there's accountability um, and we need to exhort people and encourage people all at the same time. Um, But ultimately, it becomes this thing you have to evaluate between yourself and the Lord on what are your works, um, what category are they falling in, and do they honor Him?
1: Well, I know we opened a big giant can of worms. And so what I hope really happens is that there's a student listening who says, man, I don't know, that doesn't quite make sense, or I don't totally get it. And so what I hope you do is I hope you go to uh, impactyouthministry.org and you open the resource section at the top and you go to the Q&A page and you say, I don't get it. What's up with faith and works? So that then I can, we can, we can spend some time kind of unpacking this a little bit more. But in a nutshell, there you go. (laughs) It's my fault for kind of going off script a little bit there, but thanks for uh, hanging with us today. God bless you.
0: Thank you for tuning into Ascent. For more information on Impact Youth Ministry, visit www.impactyouthministry.org. We'll see you next week.